Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. With producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits and how through their passion they are moving the culture forward be sure to follow verbally effective and ina esco on instagram also download the verbally effective podcast on soundcloud itunes and google play music don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com Hey y'all, it's Jasmine World, strategic planning advisor to the chief of staff of Shelby County Schools, plant hoarder and self-care connoisseur, coming to you live with Ina Esco at Verbally Effective Podcast. Hello, it's the Verbally Effective Podcast um, with Ina Esco, double A. Um, thank you, this is Kel Dwight, tune in. My name is Summer Owens, and I'm verbally effective because I know how to overcome obstacles and eliminate excuses by saying, so what? Known for her upbeat, no excuses personality, Summer Owens, the young adult activator, literally wrote the book on eliminating excuses and overcoming obstacles. Summer became a mother at 15 as the result of a forced sexual encounter, but she didn't let that stop her from achieving her dreams. She graduated from high school, college, and a business school with honors and was named most likely to succeed in Miss University with her son by her side through it all. After a 15-year corporate career with the Memphis Grizzlies, Service Master, and FedEx Corporation, Summer decided to use her life's challenges to help others overcome theirs. Summer is the founder and CEO of So What LLC and the So What Foundation and author of Life After Birth, a memoir of survival and success as a teenage mother, and the So What Literacy, Life Skills, and Character Education Curriculum. In addition to being an author, speaker, life coach, excuse eliminator, and entrepreneur, Summer is an adjunct professor at the University of Memphis, where she teaches marketing and the life skills course she created. Through all of her work, Summer shares the very intimate details of her life to demonstrate the importance of making good decisions, overcoming obstacles, and eliminating excuses to achieve success regardless of challenges. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Verbally Effective podcast today. I have one of my beautiful sorors. Hey, we go way back. Way back. In the day, <laughs> I have the beautiful Summer Owens in the building. She is the CEO of So What LLC and so much more. Welcome, Summer. Hey, thanks so much for having me. How are you, lady? Girl, I'm good. You, good, you look good. good. Thank you. You too, Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, just thinking back when we met like 20 plus, 20 years. plus years ago, mm-hmm. I was on the campus of Lamont on College U at University of Memphis EE we didn't pledge I pledged beta tie UEE and you know what we really came together 
as I would say sisters yes. because I think it may be prior to our lines crossing it was a little friction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we didn't give a fuck we was like no <laughs> we cool yes wasn't yes. that beautiful it was beautiful because like I said I, I, earlier I would remember coming to your probate yes to your probate yes. and I think that might have actually even been my first time on that campus wow yeah those were the days yes. and we supported each other we went on what well, we regional conferences uh-huh. all of that good stuff uh-huh. and you were Miss University of Memphis and I was Miss Lamont on college we got so much in common we lady. Do, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it yes so summer okay first question is first because I know a lot of these people probably think you from Memphis Tennessee where are you originally right from? I love it I love it I'm like nope I'm not from Memphis I'm a and transplant I am I am I'm a Memphis Memphian by choice so I right. chose Memphis in 97 I, um, I'm from Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. So right down the road. Down the road. Right down the road. But um, but far enough to not be at home. Because, yes. you know, part of my journey is recognizing I wasn't at home. I didn't have the support of my family here mm. in Memphis. But I came here in 98 um, okay. or 97 to go to college, to attend the University of Memphis. I got a full scholarship to University of Memphis. And I moved here, moved into Ooh. Richardson Towers. Wait a minute. Okay, let's back up to Jackson, Tennessee, though. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Jackson, Tennessee, growing up. I mean, how was it growing up in Jackson, Tennessee? Did you guys like, I mean, I know it's its own community and you have mm-hmm. wonderful stories and you know the schools you went to. But when I think of Jackson, Tennessee, it's like, okay, it's right up the road. You're like a stone's throw from here. Uh-huh. So how was growing up in Jackson, it was Tennessee? Fun. It was good. It was, um, you know, it's not as small as people think, for mm-hmm. one. A lot of people here um, in Memphis, if I say Jackson, they think Jackson is a, a really small town. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the truth. Um, it's a it's a it's a city, a pretty nice size city. Mm-hmm. Um, not big as Memphis, of course, but um it's not nearly as small as people think. And so it felt good being there. Um, the school I went to, JCM, Jackson JCM. Central Mary. Okay. And most people in Memphis know JCM. Okay. Um, but I went to JCM, and I really loved my high school. It was a very um, diverse school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we 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 were we good. We were good. We yeah. won band championships. So you were in the band? Like, were you in well, the band? I did a lot of things when what, I was yes, in high school. Tell me what you were doing. <laughs> I did a lot of things. So um, yearbook staff was my big thing. Okay. I was uh, on yearbook staff my sophomore, junior, and sophomore, junior year. And my senior year, I was an editor. I can, I can see it. I was what a, attracted you to being on the yearbooks? I like taking pictures. Mm-hmm. I like capturing and telling stories. Yes. Um, there we go. Yeah. And so I got an opportunity to do that. I also did student government. Mm-hmm. So um, they're even, <laughs> I was president of the, uh, vice president of the sophomore class. And I always mm-hmm. laugh and look at this picture because um, I was pregnant in that picture, which I know mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I was pregnant in that picture. Um, but I did beta club. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of those people like in the back of the yearbook. I had a long, long list of different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that always was a- <laughs> involved. Yep, I, did I was the same way, honey. Always involved. And I mean, it really comes out in your personality because you're very personable, very encouraging. I, I can see you, you doing many different, you know, uh, organizations. <laughs> but, look, but the band, yeah. the band thing. So I cannot yeah. play a single instrument, but one school year, uh, one semester, I was in the, uh, I was a flag girl. Okay. I was a flag girl. And that was a lot you of got fun. got out there holding that flag, I doing was. your dance. So I did the whole, 
<laughs> I did that whole summer band camp and mm-hmm. um, burning up in the sun. Mm-hmm. That was a yeah, that was a great experience. Wow. But I only did that one year. But I did a whole lot of other things, and that's how actually I got emerging leader scholarship to University of Memphis. So, um, mm-hmm. got the leadership scholarship, and it was because of the things that I was involved in in high school. Wow. So, you know, Summer, those that are familiar with your story of So What LC, we know that you had created a book. You wrote a book about your experience having a child at a very young age. And it all began in Jackson, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So what happened, Summer? Can you walk us through that story? Yeah. So I got pregnant um, when I was 15 uh, as a result of rape. Mm-hmm. So it was it someone that you knew? It was no. So um, and I talk I talk in detail about it in my book. Okay, but um, it was a, a family member's friend, mm. and the family member I didn't even know. So it was my uncle um, from California. He brought his son to town, um, mm. and his son had a friend with him. Mm. And and you know and and I I'm very honest about the whole situation. Is we were fooling around. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I didn't like him, he I had really low self esteem. Why? I I didn't like how I looked. Um, I did not think I was pretty, and he told me I was pretty, mm-hmm. and I let him touch me a little, and he took it too far. Right. So when I told him stop, he didn't stop, and so it wasn't you know a violent rape, as mm-hmm. you know, but it was rape nonetheless, sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I got pregnant as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was 15 years old and so, um, I had my son though. Yeah. I had my son and, and he was gone. The guy was gone. I never pressed charges because I just remember, um, watching people who had dealt with that and I didn't want to yes. relive the situation. I didn't want to have to prove anything. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, my son is here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move forward with my life, um, and do the best I can. And raise him. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I went back to school after sitting out for the six weeks. So you just sat out six weeks. That's it. Uh, yeah. The six okay. weeks. And um, and during that. Yeah. And, and I, that's why I said I went ahead and wrote that book. Yeah. Um, because it's so much detail. Yeah. That I think it's important to share. Even yeah. in the six weeks that I wow. set out and what I did during that six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back hard. I yes. went back to school hard. And. I ended up graduating um, number eight in my class. Number eight. Yeah, and I was voted most likely to succeed. See, see. <laughs> and you were headed to university. And then I did got you know that you wanted to go to U of M or was it, okay, I got the scholarship. I'm going to go ahead and go. So I, I initially I wanted to go to UCLA okay. just because it was in LA and mm-hmm. it just sounded cool. Honestly. LA, yes, <laughs> definitely. It just sounded cool. But then when I had my son, I'm like, okay, I need to, Probably go somewhere closer to home. I didn't consider staying in Jackson, which kind of interesting enough that I never did. I just knew I wanted to get away. Maybe it's probably really because my friends were going away mm-hmm. to college. Two of two ended up coming to Memphis. Another really good friend went to UT Chattanooga. I'm like, okay, I need to get away. So I applied for um, schools around here. So MTSU and Memphis. And I visited um, in Knoxville, I visited, but when I came went to Memphis, it felt like home. Mm-hmm. It felt right. It mm-hmm. just felt right, um, and it definitely was the best decision that it I could have ever. Best. It definitely was the best decision yes. I ever could have made. It was the best school for me, um, and still to this day, that school is loving on me. Yes, they are. Cause you entered University of Memphis. What year was that? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. What was your major? 
I went in undecided, okay. <laughs> but I ended up graduating with a uh, bachelor's in uh, marketing. In I have a BBA, yeah. And then I got an MBA later, but yeah. Yes, and you were so vo- involved, just like with you saying about when you were in school in Jackson, Tennessee, you were involved in all of these organizations. When you hit University of Memphis, it did not stop there. No, so <laughs> that's who I am anyway. Yes. But then also I got the Emerging Leader Scholarship mm-hmm. to college, and part of the requirements for the scholarship um, were it was involvement. Mm-hmm. I had to be involved in a certain number of organizations in my freshman year. Um, and and uh, develop leadership roles mm-hmm. in the organizations as I went throughout my college career, mm-hmm. um, and that was easy for me because that's who mm-hmm. I was and what I wanted to you know what I wanted I would have done it without the scholarship. Okay. Anyway, but um, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what I because even though I made great grades, I graduated mm-hmm. magna cum laude. Okay. I got one B. I actually got one B in um undergrad but because I work I work Mm -hmm. really really hard but the most rewarding part of school for me was being a part of these organizations Mm -hmm. I didn't really like class you know so I talk to young people all the time about that you don't have to like school Mm -hmm. you don't have to like class you know there's so many other things that you can do in college a lot of people don't think I think don't take advantage of that they don't um or realize even how important it is. Right. And then especially with social media mm-hmm. now, people mm-hmm. are just glued to their phones. Right. I mean, you see, right. these, I know you go and talk to a lot of students, like it's a whole topic of social media yep. now. Yep. And so, <laughs> and so it can be good and it can be bad. You yeah. just have to learn how to, how to manage it and how to balance it. And, yeah. um, but when it comes to school, um, taking advantage of the whole experience. Right. So. You took advantage of the whole experience and had a little toddler, a yeah. little baby boy yeah. with you along the way. How did you balance did. it all? It was very, very difficult. I'll say that the main thing, though, um, was I had to really learn how to prioritize. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I had to learn that in high school because I yeah. had him when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Um and I was in, you know, even in in high school, I was in honors classes. I had a lot of, a lot on me. And I worked. I had two jobs mm-hmm. in high school. I Girl, worked at Arby's in the Waffle lot. House. I worked at Arby's in the Waffle House. And I was, like I said, I was in, involved in, in high school. So the same thing continued in college. Um, but I had learned those skills of prioritizing and managing my time while I was in, um, while I was in high school. And so... Um, it's just a matter of, okay, we waste a lot of time. And so I learned how to not. Mm-hmm. I learned how to not waste my time. I had to really maximize my time, Definitely. too. So, like, when I was at the laundromat, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had washing clothes, I'm also doing my homework. Yes. My son was playing. He, I have him reading a book. Right. And I'm doing my homework and washing clothes. You know, you, I learned how to... Get it done. Get yes. it all done. And you magna cum laude and <laughs> pledge Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. How pledge. was that experience, you know, joining a sorority, yeah. you know, at that point in your life? It was a beautiful experience. And so let me go back just a little bit because um, to tell the full story, too. So when I came to University of Memphis, I had moved in with my grandmother when I was pregnant. And shout out to my grandmother, Agnes Owens. We will be celebrating her 98th birthday yes. this weekend. You post a lot about your grandmother. She is yes. so beautiful. And I have two. I'm so blessed. I have two beautiful you have grandmas. Both of your grandmas the with other you. one will be Girl, 94 
in you April. are blessed, honey. Yes. I wish I had Dorothy Shagwell yes. here with me. Oh, that you is her name Dorothy? Yes. Oh, this for mine's Dorothy too. Yes. And she'll be ninety eight. But I moved in with her when I was pregnant. Um, because I didn't get along with my stepfathers, all kinds of stuff. But I moved in with her, and um, my first year of college, my son stayed in Jackson with her. And, and but I was always very um, responsible. I never, I never felt good. Mm-hmm. About the fact that he was there. So mm-hmm. every weekend I would come back, go back to Jackson. Yeah. And then I even started bringing him back to Memphis with me and sneaking him in my dorm. Mm-hmm. And so my <laughs> my roommate, my sweet mates, they would keep him for me when I had class. Oh, um, that was sweet. Yeah. And then the director of student activities, her name is Tammy Hedges, vice president now at the University mm-hmm. of Memphis. She fell in love with him because I was a part of SAC, Student Activities Council. And she would babysit. So... I made it work. I figured mm-hmm. it out. But pledging gave me sisters. Now, I have blood sisters, but when I moved to Memphis, I was away from my sisters. Actually, when I moved out of my my mother's house, I was away from my sisters. How many sisters do you have? I have two sisters two. and two brothers. Okay. Under me. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then I moved to Memphis for college, and we none of us have lived in the same city since then. Wow. Yeah, and so when I pledged, a.k.a., and I pledged with two, two of my line sisters came to Memphis with me from college. One oh, was my best friend since I was in the third grade. And the really? Other, mm-hmm, and the other had been my friend since eighth. Which one? Which Shanitra. Do you remember Shanitra? Yes. She had been my friend since third grade. Wow. And Belicia. Yes. Uh, yes. She, she's been my friend since eighth grade. Wow. And of course, they're still my girls today. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're my line sisters. And then I gained, um, it was 25 of us. And so mm-hmm. the rest, and of course, you know how it goes with lines. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is close. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them have become my best friends. Yeah. And they also became babysitters. <laughs> they became baby sisters. They helped, sisters. They helped me a lot, you know, especially. I mean, they were in college, too. Yeah. So, you know, they were trying to go and do things, too. So, I, you know, I didn't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But when I needed help, they were there to help me. And the same thing, they, they continued that help when I was working for the Memphis Grizzlies and I was working all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And when I was at the Grizzlies, I also went back to school to get my master's degree and they helped me then too. Wow. So, you know, pleasure gave me those sisters and yeah. it wasn't just about them helping me with my son. We helped each other. Um, but we know there's no other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know how Oh, it, was, it was just a You're beautiful thing I'm telling you and <laughs> and they're still to this day you know we are almost 22 years old yes um as a line and, and we're still very much connected and supportive of each other so yeah wow. and how was it being named Miss University of Memphis especially being an yeah. African-American woman yeah how it, was that unbelievable yes being an African-American woman and you know coming to school when I did with the two-year-old yes um it was it was amazing. So just to be, I was a finalist. So I was honored to be a finalist and how mm-hmm. they do, and they still do it to the same way to this day. Because it was in 2001 mm-hmm. that I got it. Um, the five finalists go into the football field mm-hmm. at halftime. And I was already I was already a winner because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a finalist. Yeah. Right? And I was the only black person out there. It was the um, men and the women. And I was the only black person, period. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I already felt great. And then when they said my name, yes, they said my name, and I'm like, what? <laughs> this is this is unbelievable. Wow. And so it felt great. And now, um, at that time, it just felt good to be Miss University of Memphis. And mm-hmm. now, um, almost 20 years later, mm-hmm. um, I'm really good friends with Bertha Looney, who is one of the Memphis State Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, Memphis, the Memphis State A were the first um, eight black students at the University of Memphis, the first students to integrate the the University of Memphis. And now she's my friend. Wow. She texts me, and, and she is like the Texting. most. She is. <laughs> and I mean, she's cute, feisty. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. but she, and I say feisty, that's probably not the right word. Um, she's so sweet, so humble. And she tell, tells me she admires me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's amazing. I don't know. It's just, it's just surreal. Yeah. It really is surreal um, be, to know that I was able to to have that honor mm-hmm. um, at the University of Memphis. And since then, Ina, um, I've been really, really blessed because I got the Distinguished Alumni Award for the wow. College of Business in 2011. And the next year, I got the Distinguished Alumni Award for the whole university. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, come through. <laughs> and I know, um, I know a lot of it came from the choices and the connections and the mm-hmm. relationships that I made when I was an undergrad. Definitely. I know it. And so that's why when I do speak, um, mm-hmm. when I, you know, when I speak in colleges most of the time, mm-hmm. um, it's so important that you make those connections and create those relationships, but then also maintain them. Definitely. Um, and I know a lot of this come from that. And even my role now as the president of alumni association, mm-hmm. Um, has come from those choices and decisions that I made. Wow! All the way back to 1997. Look how you can connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Now I know when you graduated from the University of Memphis, you entered the corporate world and made a decision to pursue your own business. Yeah. So how was that process of making that hard decision? Yeah. Well, you know that was a whole journey in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So I was really blessed. The um, year that I graduated from um, college, it was the year that the Memphis Grizzlies came to Memphis. Yeah. And um, after, and I'll talk about this in detail in the book, too, because I thought it was going to be a no-brainer um, for me getting a job, right? I had I have been doing an internship for the last three years. I have... Magna cum laude graduate mm-hmm. from University. And I was like, I look good on paper. Yeah, like read that resume, right? Girl. And and uh, y'all gonna be fighting over me, <laughs> <laughs> honey. Yeah. I could not find a job. That's how it goes. I could not find a job. I could. Well, first of all, I couldn't even get an interview. I had the hardest time getting an interview, like right after graduation, right after I graduated, or leading up to graduation, mm-hmm. and right after. I, and I, I mean, I, t- I talk about it a lot in the book. Um, I say that a lot is because I go into details mm-hmm. on all these things that we don't have time to do right now. But um, that's why I got to buy the book. Got to buy the book. Okay, I'm telling you, it might help you. <laughs> but I um I I finally got an interview with a company I will not even name right now because I Uh-oh. don't even name in the book. Mm. Um, and they it wasn't a job that I really wanted to do. Um, and then I got, I finally got an interview too with an advertising agency, which is more what I wanted to do. The other company made me a job offer and I'm like, dang, I really want to work at the ad agency. Mm-hmm. They offered me the ad. And so I went back, you know, I taken this negotiation skills class. No, no, I was like, I'm going to use On the it. first big job. <laughs> right. I went back to the ad agency <laughs> and they, they offered me like 
$19,000, girl, no benefits. And and I'm a mom, right? Mm-hmm. So I went back to the other company and I was like, I'm ready to take your offer. And they told me, um, we've, we've decided we're to pursue some other candidates. What? And I'm like, and I learned a lesson then, get my offers in writing because I didn't have anything in writing. Okay. And honey, I was so depressed. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I'm going to have to move back to Jackson with my grandmother or something because I'm like, I need a job. Mm-hmm. I have to support not just myself, but my child. And then um, the Grizzlies announced they were coming to Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that would be so cool. And, honey, I got on my grind. Mm-hmm. And I got um, got an interview. I went, they called who people listening might remember when they um, had open interviews for sales positions. Mm-hmm. And um, downtown to Peabody. I went, got an interview, got a second interview, and I got on with the Grizzlies. It was a temporary position, Mm -hmm. temporary sales position. And in that four months, though, I worked my butt off and Mm -hmm. I made sure they knew who I was and what kind of work I did. And I got a job in marketing. Yes. Um, And I got got promoted three times Mm -hmm. while I was there with the Grizzlies. I got my master's degree, and then I went to work for Service Master Mm -hmm. um, as a um, brand manager for two of the brands. And then I went to FedEx. Mm-hmm. Um, where I worked for almost seven years. Yeah. And while I was at FedEx, I wrote the book wow. that I had been had been on me for a long time. And people would always ask me, how did I do it? Meaning um, be a single mom, a teen mom, single mom, and do all the things that I was doing. And so I finally had the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to write the book. So like, did you like literally like on your lunch break, on your two hour lunch break? <laughs> Like, let me do another chapter. So that wasn't the two hour lunch break time. That wasn't until I started <laughs> speaking. I would write at night. I would write at night after I got home. I would um do homework with my son, talk to my son, you know, eat dinner, all of that. And um at night but when I was going to bed or going to sleep, I would write in my bed. Um I was going through a divorce at the time mm-hmm. too. And so it was really kind of therapeutic for me to write. Just write. And so every night I would write. And, and I could probably, we need to look back at Facebook at the time mm-hmm. because somebody, another friend of mine who's published, told me um, really a book is fit at least 50,000 words. And so I, Facebook was sort of my accountability partner mm-hmm. at the time. So at night I would write and I would look at my word count and I would post my word count. I need to look. I had forgotten all about that. I need to look back. Mm-hmm. It hadn't come up in my memories, but I used to post that all the time. I'm like, I'm at 10,000 words. I remember you posting. I was following your you journey. You remember that? Yes. Girl. And then I, I remember. Looked, I'm telling you, then I looked up and I'm like, I'm at 70,000 words. I'm like, 70,000. Mm-hmm. I ended up having a cut. Because I didn't want it to be a long book. I wanted it to be a book that would not be intimidating to read because I wanted, especially young people, to read it yeah. and learn from it. And so I ended up going back and editing it down. I'm like, man, I remember thinking I was never going to get to 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote the book. The book took off. Um, was and it hard writing the book? Or it was, was it easy? It was both. Okay. So emotionally, it was kind of challenging. Because um, I, I I was writing about things that hurt me. Mm-hmm. And even some of the things, I didn't even know they hurt me. Mm. You know, so, I'm, of course, I mentioned how I got pregnant. But there's so many other things, like even being a stepchild. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I didn't like it. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't realize just how much it hurt me. So my mm-hmm. tears were throughout the whole book. Wow. Throughout the whole book. But also, you know, joy and my victories and yes. all of those things. Um, it was really um 
therapeutic for me. Because you had very, to really like account for your journey. That's what you were yeah. writing about. But it brings up so many exactly. memories. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I did. I wrote from my memory. I had to go all the way back. Because mm-hmm. I go all the way back to me being a little girl. Yeah. With insecurities. I used to pull out my hair. Kids used to call me a boy. What? Yeah. I had all kinds of stuff. I was wow. bullied when I was a little girl. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so I had self-esteem issues and a lot of those things um, are what put me in a situation where I let him touch me mm-hmm. or I even let him touch me. Because he showed some interest. Yep. And you're thinking these things in your head as a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. But it also felt good to go back and reflect on how I made it. And and kind of remind myself of some of those tactics that I had used then because I'm like, okay, I'm pulling those back out. Yeah. Because that was the hardest time of my life, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it was it felt good. So it was hard in that sense. But it was, for me, I like to write. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy in the sense of writing, though. Um, and now I still write. So mm-hmm. the story continues. Okay. And that's why I blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually just published... It's exciting, pretty exciting. Um, over the weekend, I published eight more books, workbooks. The okay. workbooks. I published eight more books. Um, I have three more that mm-hmm. I want to finish. Not workbooks, but real deal books. Yes. Um, so writing, I love to. I love to write. I love, really do like to write. Have you always been a writer? I have. Um, so I took honors English mm-hmm. in high school. So uh, that was where I wrote the most. You know. Um, like writing journals and all. I didn't ever do that. I mm-hmm. wrote poems here and there. So I never was like a writer. I really was not. Mm-hmm. But when I do write, I usually do pretty well mm-hmm. at it. And um, and now um, I'm still, I still like to write, but I'm not one. I don't even want fool people and make you think like, <laughs> I'm just always out here writing, writing this, right? No, wow. I have to feel like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to feel, I have to be in a mood too. But when I do like I said, I really think it's effective. Yes. Now you have, you know, taken your brand to like, you know, the utmost level, like your entire life <laughs> is your business. And yeah. you have just branched off into so many different entities at this point. You're an author. You created your company. So what LLC? And now you're a motivational speaker. You have curriculums for the school systems. (laughs) Like, how did it branch off into these other endeavors starting from the book? Yeah. So none. Let me just say that this none of those were my intentions. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I thought, honestly, I thought I retired from FedEx. Um, But I wrote the book. That was all I was going to do was write the book, get it out there, help a few people. But then people started reading it. And um, teachers started asking me, specifically teachers started asking me, people come ask me to come to their churches, but a lot of teachers were asking me to come and speak to their class. And, um, and I was, I was, although, <laughs> like I said, I'm, I think I told you I'm shy. I'm like, I don't want to stand up and talk in front of these kids, but I'm like, I do want to sell this book because I really want them to read it. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it and I'm like, oh my God, I really like doing this. Do you remember that first time you spoke in front of a class? I do. Where was it Kirby, and how did it go? Kirby High School, Team Moms. High School. That was the perfect audience yep. to talk to. Kirby High School was a group of Team Moms at Kirby mm-hmm. High School. Um, it was like 10 of them. Mm. which was a pretty big number um and I felt good I just felt like look because I look and when I see young people especially but anybody really I can see what the future holds if they make 
good decisions. I'm like, yeah. and I never forget after I spoke, one young lady, they all, every time I have a line of people who come up and talk to me afterwards, mm-hmm. which is like the best feeling in the world. But this one particular uh, girl, she was pregnant, um, very pregnant. And she said, I want to be a nurse. Do you think I still can? Yes. But for her to even ask me that. Like she thought she could. Yeah. And I'm like, I know you can. I know you can. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, yeah. When I go back to work at FedEx, I'm like, I got to get back in front of some kids. Mm -hmm. I've got to get in front of some more kids. One, I need to show teen moms that you can still be anything you want to be. Anything. I don't care what (laughs) kind of support system you have. Of course, that's helpful. But in a lot of cases, especially with me moving to Memphis without family without the support system I know you can create a support system um but then I also want to get in front of young people before they became teen parents Mm -hmm. so that they didn't end up in a situation like I was because it easily could happen to them too yeah um and so I would go back to FedEx this job that I really really liked Mm -hmm. and I knew I was blessed to have um thinking okay I gotta get ready to go because this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I know. I could see that I was changing lives mm-hmm. with the speaking. It's so empowering. And I'm like, at FedEx, I'm not. not <laughs> you know, not directly. I'm like, this marketing stuff is fun. Advertising, it really is. And I know ultimately, you know, indirectly, 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 I'm mm-hmm. changing lives. But I'm like, no, I could see direct result of what I'm doing in somebody's life. Um, so that's how the speaking started because I'm like okay and then I did some research I'm like okay people make money doing this like this is for real deal and I started doing it so much that I got to the point where I'm like okay I gotta charge because now I'm tired yeah (laughs) I'm doing this a lot and then I had teachers also um, and guidance counselors ask me if I had a curriculum to go with the book and so I then created a curriculum that's the best question they could have asked oh, curriculum? oh yeah <laughs> sure I do so I say all that to say even all the things and, and the other thing I do is coach I'm a life coach as well mm-hmm. um a success coach is what I call it mm-hmm. um all those things just came from uh, a need that was expressed to me and so how I became a coach people will always ask me how did I do it can you help me can you show me how and um, I started doing that and just talking to people. And again, it got overwhelming. So I'm like, okay, as a entrepreneur, I monetize these things. Okay, I monetize these things. And I know what I do is helpful to people. Mm-hmm. And I know there is tremendous value in what I know mm-hmm. um, and what I've been through, what I've experienced, and how I gain the knowledge that I do have now. And so, yeah, those all those things are tied directly back to my book and me sharing my story. Yes. And I mean, you've been you've been all over the world, <laughs> you know, telling awesome. your story. Yep. Where all have you been? Well, most recently, well, I was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. How was Toronto? Cool. I actually know. had the opportunity to go to Toronto back when I worked at the Grizzlies. Okay. So I've been to Toronto before. But the coolest place now that I've been mm-hmm. um, is Ghana. Oh, so Ghana. I got to, Tell me about yes. Ghana. So I got to go to Ghana um, January 3rd. And I spent uh, about two weeks. Were in, you by yourself? In Ghana. No. So I'm a part of the National Speakers Association, which is a group that I found Um And I'm so thankful for because there's a bunch of speakers who do what I do who get me because most people in my life, I love them dearly, but they have no idea um, 
the challenges that I experience and um, and how to help me grow my business. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, I'm part of the National Speakers Association. We have a subgroup called Black NSA, which is the black speakers. Okay. Um, and one of the speakers, his father lives in Ghana. So he's half Ghanaian. And um and he invi- he was going back to visit his father and also to um to do some things related to his business because he has really unique uh, keynotes that are tied to his culture mm. um as a Ghanaian man and it's really really cool um, but he was going back and he invited speakers to go and um and I'm like I'm going <laughs> I'm going I'm yes. going and so I signed up and I went and I got to experience. The whole the continent of Africa for the first time. I've never been to Africa. Yes, I have never. Either. I'm ready to go. Yes. And then I got to go to Ghana. And this was, you know, last year was called the year of the return. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people went back. And a lot of people went to Ghana for the when I say back, I mean as a people. Because mm-hmm. many people have not ever gone, but a lot of people returned. Wow. Um and this year is called um the year of the return or beyond the return. So last year is the year of return. Now it's beyond the the return. return. And Mm. so it's like a lot of people are still going back over to Ghana. And so when I was there, I got to visit, um, Cape coast slave castles, which Mm. was super, um, uh, emotional. Because, of course, that was, you know, and I saw the door of no return, which is the door that our ancestors went through, um, before they were shipped away. And, it was a female slave dungeon that I couldn't go into. We could go into all these rooms, but I couldn't. So it was just uh, very powerful. You could, I bet you could feel you could, it. You could absolutely feel oh it. Oh, my. You could absolutely feel it. So that was um, hard, but necessary, Yeah, you know? And so I did that, or we did that. But I also got to experience... Um, the village. So I spoke mm-hmm. in the village. So the school, there was a school in the village that we to got to speak, speak to. Yes. Wow. How was that? That was amazing. So the younger kids, um, so in English, mostly everybody over there knows English. And of course, they speak different other languages over there. And most of them spoke tree, which is tree. The, the native language there. And I learned a little bit of tree. But um, <laughs> um most people, they could speak English. And then the school, it was really surprising because even on the walls, outside wall of the school, it says speak English. So they learn how to speak English. The older kids knew English, and so when I spoke, they understood me. But the smaller kids, they I had did. to have an interpreter. Okay. And so that was a new experience for me, too. I've never spoken and had an interpreter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really, really cool, too. Um, but it was just, Ghana was a great experience. I got a very diverse experience there. Mm-hmm. We experienced nightlife. We went to rooftop parties, How was the pool parties. in Ghana, girl? What great. they be doing? What, they, what kind of music going on? What's American, going on? it was a lot what? of our music. <laughs> it what? was a lot of our music, yes. Yeah. Even sometimes I'm like, can we play something else? I hear that at home. Let's play some Ghana music. But they do. I met so many people over there, though, young people who are like, you're from America? I want to live in America. And I'm like, really? wow. It's just interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Perspectives. Um, but, yeah, I got to experience a lot of things in Ghana. I went to the beach. Like, it's just a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And I was so honored because most of them, a lot of them thought I was West African. They thought really? I was, mm-hmm. wow. they thought I was one of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I am, you are, which I, I am, but I'm like, I got a bunch <laughs> of other stuff in me too, but it was really cool. It was really cool seeing the people. I was like, I think I'm probably wow. staring at them because they're so beautiful, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. But it was a great experience. Wow. I would great. love to go to Ghana. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. I think I'm going back next year. Let me with know. This, well, I'm going I gotta with save my coins. Girl, yeah. I can't go with child group. <laughs> if I join the National Speaker Association. and You maybe could. You yes. maybe could. Girl, yeah, let's we, talk. We're we going to work out some of that. <laughs> now, summer, like out of all of the... The things that you've gone through, all of the the blessings, all of the challenges. What would you say is one of the most important lessons that you've learned about your journey? Mm-hmm. And I, it goes back to this. Um, mm-hmm. As I point to my shirt that says, so Brand. what? That's it. That's probably the most important thing that I've learned is to the your ability to bounce back to be resilient, to be successful, um, it's based on how quickly you can say so what. Mm -hmm. And that just simply means is recognizing life can be so unfair. Mm -hmm. Life can be so messed up, whether it's your fault for something you did or something you were born into, you know, um, to quickly say so what. Like, okay, this is the situation. This is what it is. How do I move forward from it? What do I learn from it? How do I move forward from it? How do I deal with it? Because, you know, in in my situation, people definitely would have understood if I had not gone to college, Mm -hmm. if I didn't graduate, if I had dropped out of high school, you know, because I got pregnant by this dude I didn't even know (laughs) Um, when I was 15. So people felt sorry for me, you know. Mm -hmm. And at first I was okay with people feeling sorry for me. But then, and I think a lot of us are, right? Mm -hmm. We go through things, we, we want people to feel sorry for us. But then I was like, okay, I'm not comfortable with people feeling sorry for me. That was I don't the want difference. You to. That was the difference. Do not feel sorry for me. If anything, help me. Mm-hmm. But don't feel sorry for me. Yeah. And so I said, so what? I'm a teen mom. So what? I'm pregnant by this dude. I don't know. So what? I don't have a dad <laughs> for my son. Um, and so what to so many other things that mm-hmm. people don't know about me or some people may know. But we all have something mm-hmm. that we need to just say, so what? Yeah. It is what it is. It is. And you just got to keep it moving. Yeah. So I think that is that's been the key to my success. And that's why I'm like, I love having this as my brand mm-hmm. is because life's continuously is challenging. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm continuing to deal with other challenges. And first thing I have to smile and be like, <laughs> so what? So what? I don't care how bad it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care how bad it is. Mm-hmm. First thing I have to say is, so what? And then it's like, OK, how do I move on? How do yeah. I move forward from this? Well, you know, your work ethic is undeniable, honey. Thank you, girl. Undeniable. <laughs> and Summer, I mean, you have always been, you know, a pretty lady, Thank pretty you. girl, of course. <laughs> How is the dating life going? Let me drink this coffee. In <laughs> these streets. Ina. <laughs> Ina, Ina, Ina. <laughs> I am still to drink the coffee, y'all. I am. I'm single. So I got divorced in 2009. Okay. I was only married a short period of time. Most people don't even know I was married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I've been single since I got divorced. Mm, That's a long time. It's a very long time. So I've gone on some dates. and But I'm, I don't know. I, I like what I do. I like to work. Yeah. Um, And I don't like to waste time. And so, you know, at one time I was going on some dates and I'm sitting there looking at them because they, I'm like, <laughs> was wasting I, your time. I could be working on my marketing plan right now. Ooh. I could be, it's just, I have not found um, a person that 
has that drive that captures my interest mm-hmm. yeah and and yeah I, they i think they need to be able to to match my drive for sure yeah um i'm very open i don't i want to get married again a lot of people think that you know or have asked if i want to get married again i do i definitely do mm-hmm. but um i learned some lessons in being married mm-hmm. that i'm like yeah no i won't settle if it's not if it doesn't feel right if it's not what i want then yeah. I'm I'm very perfectly happy being single until I'm in the right situation. Have you tried those dating apps Girl, that yeah. people talk about? Yeah, <laughs> I have. <laughs> I Do have. you think that that's a, a good tool for think- dating or... You like old school. Well, okay, so I do like old school. That's my preference. I'm like, I just want to meet them. How am I going to meet them? But I wasn't meeting anybody, so I was like, let me try. Because um, I know people have got married off of, you know, from people that they've met on different sites um, and are happy, kids and everything, Mm -hmm. family, all of that. Um, So I was like... We want her to try, right? And so I, I did try a couple <laughs> Which of them. Good. Girl, my cousin. Okay, my cousin. First of all, and I won't even say her name. <laughs> she was like, "You should get on Tinder." Tinder. Because she was like, "I met a few cool people." Because you know, it is known as a hookup app, but. Um, and I wasn't looking for a hookup, just to clarify. Um, but she was like, I met some cool people, and mm-hmm. it's been kind of fun. So I did that one first. How was it? And um, <laughs> I went. I only matched with two people because uh, I'm not that easily attracted, okay, to, to people. So I only matched with two people. Um, one of them, he was, he was trying to hook up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that ain't what you I'm trying to do. You could tell off top. Well, but, the, first message he sent, the first message he sent to me, um, I could tell he just wanted to hook up. A shame. And so the second one, we did um, lunch, and it was okay. And I'm trying to be open, open-minded, yeah. so I gave it a second lunch, and I was like, oh, this just ain't it. Now I'm back to my feeling like I'm wasting mm-hmm. my time. So I stopped. Um, stopped with him and then I didn't match with anybody else and I was like okay I'm sick of that so I just got off the app because mm-hmm. um, I kept getting these notifications that if because if you're a decently attractive woman then people are going to like you right mm-hmm. and most of us I think most of us women are decently attractive so I was just like I wasn't concerned about people liking me Um, I don't want that to sound conceited because it's definitely not the case but I just know in general if you look alright you're going to get some <laughs> attention right on Tinder right so I then tried, because um, one of my line sisters, I wonder who, um, she met somebody that she's in a very serious relationship with on Black People Meet. Oh. And so I was like, let me get that one a try. And so I um, I had a profile on there, and I set it up, and then my grandmother uh, came to stay with me for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't on there. I forgot about it mm-hmm. until she left. And, um, and when I got back on there, I had like a thousand Dang. messages. And again, if you decently attractive, you're going to get some attention. Mm-hmm. And so I I spent about an hour going through like a, the first page or something like that. But it's like so many clicks, right? So I got to look and then I got to click and look at their message and click and look at their page. And then I'm like, okay, 
this is taking too long. Yeah. I, I need to work on. And my mind went back to work. I'm like, this is taking too much time. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. So, like, if I'm not working, I'm not making money. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not working towards the things that make me money. And so I was just like, okay, I don't have any more interest in this. That's okay. And so I, do, I deleted that account. <laughs> well, maybe the old school is best for you, you know, with you traveling. Yeah. You know, you never know. Right. And, and I do. I think I'll meet somebody in the yeah. work that I do because I think. Now I'm almost, you know, I'm in a different city all the time, yeah. different country too. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not stressed about it. Yeah, and you don't seem bothered by it at mm-hmm. all, honey. You I like, am not. I got to uh, get this work done. If you ain't waste some of your ain't to waste <laughs> my time. And speaking of traveling, girl, what we gonna do with this coronavirus, honey? Oh my gosh, has so it affected your industry? It's definitely affected my industry. Um, and I'm really concerned for like people who speakers who um, who do it more than I do, who really are banking on these big events mm-hmm. because um, that's what we do. First of all, we all travel a lot. So it's affecting travel. And then a lot of events are being canceled, which is how they make money. They, I say that I say they, but also me too. But I also have my book. I also have my curriculum. I have other things, and a lot of them do too. But it's really making us all adjust our businesses or really look at our businesses and um, create more online platforms. So I have an online course too, a confidence class that I have online. Um, I think a lot of us are creating more online content um, so that. We don't have to travel as much. And then for these events that get canceled that we have no control over. Girl. So it is. It's, it's, the coronavirus is, is scary because it's impacting our, our industry, but it's impacting nearly everybody else's industry, too. Yes. All, all aspects of our economy, everything is being affected by everything. it. Everything. Um, really interesting I wonder how this is going to pan out like uh, are you scientists uh, doctors are you going to make a you know cure for this Mm -hmm. or are we gonna just die off girl what is gonna happen it's like came out of nowhere right nowhere in the strangest you know yeah boom because if you look at like they put a map on the tv on a story about it the other day and it's like slowly but surely each state Mm -hmm. each state is and girl, in the I'm like, I felt so dumb because I was talking to my grandmother um, and she she's up on everything. Right? What, what grand is that girl? She called me and she was, um, this was early on when it was just in China. And she said, you see the coronavirus stuff? She was like, I sure do hope it doesn't come over, go over here. For I was real? like, grandma, I was like, I don't think you have anything to worry about. <laughs> And I bet she like I was like summer, summer. exactly. <laughs> like I'm like foot in my mouth. I'm like I obviously don't know what I'm talking wow. about. But yeah, it's it's scary. It's yeah, because they say it's you know even more dangerous for like the elderly yes. that may not have a very strong immune system mm-hmm. or even I. I don't know about kids that maybe just don't have a good immune system. Mm-hmm. But I hope something. Girl, we got to get over this. I'm telling you. I'm wow. telling you. We got to so. get these coins. We got to get to the coins. And you said it's it's starting to make speakers develop more online content. We're going to live online, right? Yep. That's where we're just going to, everybody going to be in their own bubble online. I know, girl. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. But one thing I know, at least for me, a lot of stuff that I do, some of my content is delivered via Zoom that we can still have somewhat of a community. So even with my confidence class, um, it's still, we can see each other. We can communicate. We can, but I don't know, girl, we, everybody's adjusting. Um, yeah. And then just in our industry anyway, it's great. Well, not just in our industry, but it's great to have multiple streams of income, yeah. different 
different types of revenue. And so I'm really excited that that I have that now um and, and within one business yes definitely and how's your son doing he's doing fine girl mm, he with is his handsome self <laughs> thank you how does he feel like this whole brand was because of him entering your life I, girl I think he's still figuring it out just like he's figuring out mm-hmm. life I don't I don't know he's not crazy about all that attention mm-hmm. um and he's still just trying to figure it all out he yeah. has made me a sunshine a sunshine. He's made me a sunshine. Is that AKA Granny? <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna say Granny. I know, right? Sunshine. I'm a sunshine. So yes, I have a six year old. She will. She'll be six um, on the twentieth. And that's your heart, right there. That huh? is my. But girl. now you got a grandson. And then a seven month old grandson. I don't know them little boys is do something. You know how them boys do. I but I wanted a girl so bad because yeah. I only had one son. Yeah. And okay. Okay. I had wanted. I had wanted a family. <laughs> I really wanted to have, I wanted five children. What? Because I'm the oldest of five, and I like growing up in that household. And so I always wanted a big family. So God has given me yeah. mine in a different way. You don't want any more of your own children? I did when I was married. Okay. Um, I did when I was married. And then even after I got divorced, if I had gotten married again, um, while my son was still young, my son is 25 years old now, mm. and I can uh get on a plane at the drop of a dime <laughs> and travel i'm like you yeah, know those days are over <laughs> over yeah but i starting over with a little baby Mm-mm. you know how they go that don't appeal to me at all Oof. that does not so when i you know get that itch i'll go get my grandkids yeah sunshine yeah well thank you so much soror summer for coming to the verbal effective podcast i'm so glad you were able to come and share your story so people can hear, you know, so what? They be making up all these excuses. And look at all the things you had to deal with and still on top. Like, you know. Yes, girl. Thank you. <laughs> I'm grateful. I really am grateful. Yes. It's yes. been a journey. Wow. Can you give everybody your socials so they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So the the best thing to do is my site. Go to my site, which is summerowens.com. And I am summer O underscore so what? On Instagram and Twitter, but if you go to summerowens.com, all my all my social media handles are there. Just click on the link. Well, thank you so much, Source Summers, aka Sunshine, <laughs> verbally effective in the book.